Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Have you ever wondered why in church we do what we do? Have you ever wondered that? Like, why do we sing in church? Like, did someone just, someone decide, like, we really like mass karaoke? Like, we just want mass karaoke. Or um, why do we do what we do? Like, why do we raise our hands? Like, why do we do that? And so today we're going to dive into that of why we do what we do, but also not just that, but what happens when we do that? What happens when we do that? So the title of my message is this, is why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? Uh, I've been asked that before. (laughs) Why do you do what you do? But in a loving relationship, you do or you give what the other person likes or enjoy, right? In a loving relationship, like when, when I get Natalie a coffee, I know that she likes a certain amount of cream, a certain amount of sugar. Um, and if I just gave it, it to her to another way, she wouldn't like it. If I put the same amount of sugar in it as that I do, I shouldn't admit this, um, that she would not like that, right? In autumn, she really likes a certain type of drink, a pumpkin spice latte. And as much as I think that is disgusting, as much as I think that is a waste of coffee and not even cold coffee, because I love her, I, I, I get, if I'm getting, I will get her a pumpkin spice latte, not because of my preference, but because I love her, and so I then give that to her, right? I, I know as well, I have, a, I don't know if anybody else has these like drop zones, like where you just sort of put your stuff in your house. I totally have that. And like I have many actually, a plethora. And um, Natalie does not like that. So I'm working on minusing where I just have drop zones of where I randomly put my stuff because I love her. Um, But what'd you say? Yeah, love me through it. We're working through it. But In a relationship, you do or you give what the other person wants because you love them, because you love them. And out of that love for them, you give what they enjoy. You give what they enjoy. I give her a pumpkin spice latte. She enjoys that. In in Hebrews, in Hebrews uh, 13, verse 15, it says this. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, and give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifice, God is pleased. Do not give up, for he is pleased with those sacrifices. That God is pleased with that kind of worship. That God is well pleased when we give him a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice even of doing good things. What is that? That is a form of worship. That it actually pleases God. It is well-pleasing. I find it's interesting that it says a sacrifice of praise. Because it go, it's it sort of back in the Old Testament, without a sacrifice, there could not be any worship. Right? There was always an animal sacrifice, then a worship. Um, but now, it, the scripture says in Hebrews, the, the people who is written to, they would have known that. But now it's saying that God wants a sacrifice of worship, of praise, and that is well 
pleasing to him. He enjoys it, another translation says. And so because of your love for God, in a relationship, out of a response, God's initiating, right? God so loved that he gave. His love is all-pursuing, all-consuming. Because of his love, now we have a relationship with him. Maybe you don't today, but you can by the end. But hey, because of your relationship with God, out of a response to that relationship, because we love him, we worship him, and in the ways that he wants to be worshipped. Why? Because we love him, so we want to do things that he enjoys. You know, so one of it is good work, so everything you do, do unto the Lord. Maybe you might think, we're under grace. We, don't, we, we can do whatever we want. Well, grace is not opposed to work. It's opposed to merit from work. See, grace actually empowers you to do work, to, to actually live out of it. You know, grace is not opposed to work. The second one there is praise and praise, which is, a for, which is worship. You know, in a relationship, if you, or even with a, a spouse or a friend, if you try and do whatever you want, see how that goes. It won't go well. Like if, if Natalie says, Josiah, happy ninth anniversary, here is a puppy dog that is very furry. It would be awful. Not be, I, I love your dogs. Put your weapons down. It's because I'm allergic. It would not be well-pleasing to me. I would be tearing up, but it's because I couldn't breathe, right? It would not be well-pleasing to me. If I, if, um, if I said, Natalie, I, I love you so much. Here's a bunch of knick-knack things that you can dust a bunch. She would not love those. It would not be well-pleasing to her, right? Um, just, uh, just doing our own things in a relationship will not work. It, it won't work. And so we're in a relationship with God. And so we then, out of our relationship with God, get to respond to his goodness, respond to his love, respond to um, how he goes, right? A relationship with God, we're, we're in that because of Jesus, what Jesus has done on the cross. And now because we're in that loving relationship with God, that agape love, that no conditions on it, you actually can't make God love you anymore. If you try to make God love you anymore, you're not going to get too far because he already loves you. Nothing more you can do, nothing less you can do will make him love you. But you can respond to his love in worship. Uh, we, even in the Old Testament, we see Cain and Abel. We see one sacrifice that was pleasing to God uh, or acceptable by God and one sacrifice that was not. So there is a way that is pleasing to God and there is a way that isn't. So today, we wanna, I want to focus in on that part of praise, of praise and why we do what we do. Why do we praise? Because praise is pleasing to God. In the, in the Bible, uh, there's over... 200 times in the Old Testament where praise is mentioned. In the New Testament, there's four times where praise is mentioned. Now in Hebrew, in the language, in the Hebrew language, there are seven different words that the English uh, translated, it's translated into praise. So seven Hebrew words are just translated simply into praise. But each word, each, each word is descriptive of an action or descriptive of a response, a different type of worship or praise. In the same way, you can just say cake. You can also say chocolate fudge cake. You can say ice cream cake. You can say cheesecake. You can say angel food cake. Each one means something different. There is a difference between an ice cream cake and a chocolate fudge cake. They are all cake. You could say cake 
Or you could say, I really want a chocolate fudge cake for my birthday. Right? You, it's descriptive. It's character. I'm not giving any hints. Actually, no, that's not where I want. But yeah, ice cream is where my heart is. Um, so we want to dive into these two words that are dis- just two of them today that are descriptive of praise. Um, and why we do them. And But not only that, what happens when we do them? That there's something that changes when God's people worship in this way. The first word is tehillah. The first word is tehillah, which it means to sing praise. So with your mouth, what we were just doing a moment ago, to sing. In Psalms 33, 2, it says this. Psalms 33, verse 2, it says, Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praise that's Tehillah, to him with a harp of strings. Sing to him a new song, Tehillah. Play skillfully with shouts of joy. Right, so that is talking about singing to the Lord. In Psalms 98, uh, one, it says this. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of nations. He has redeemed his loving, uh, remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel, God's people. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song and sing in praise. That All those praise there is to Hila. That we are to, I like there, it really says how we are to praise. That we are to praise for what he's done, what he, who he is, his character, what he's going to do, his attributes. That's why we don't just get up on Sunday and sing like, don't worry, be happy. Right? Like, because there's no power in that. There's a way for us to worship, to sing about the Lord. You know, that's why we're saying uh, that he is faithful today. That we say good grace today. Beautiful name. I see a victory. Why we sing that is because of who he is. We're singing about who he is, what he's done, what he's going to do. That is praise. You are praising him. Now, if you think about it, right, what we read at the very beginning, Romans 12, 1, uh, that, that we are to to, to offer like that bodies, that is, it's not just your body, but your full self, your full life. And when you sing, when you actually sing, when you tahila, if you will, um, that when you sing, it's actually engaging all of who you are. You are a three-part being, you are spirit, you are soul, your mind, will, your emotion in that little bit, and then you have a body. You're engaging all of you as you sing, right? You're literally using your body, your vocal cords, you're using your lungs to produce, you're, you're using your mind, your soul, you're as well connecting with with God in spirit, right? Because of Jesus, now we can worship him in spirit and in truth, right? So you're fully engaging. But you see actually in scripture what happens when you worship him in song, when you tehillah, if you will. Solomon, who was David's son, uh, he was the king of Israel and he built a temple for God. He built a temple. Before that, it was mobile church, like set up, tear down, like they just did it, <laughs> right? The Levites were the set up crew. Um, they were there, they were there early, and they were there late. Um, uh, God bless the Levites there <laughs> and everybody else who's done set up and tear down in Jesus' name. Um, I'm thankful for this place that we get to use this place. But they, so they, they built this temple and they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant in. 
And that is where, um, in the Old Testament, where God's presence rested in the Old Testament. And so we're going to read uh, 2 Chronicles 5, um, 13. 2 Chronicles 5, verse 13. And it says this. So they are now bringing the um, Ark of the Covenant in. 2 uh, Chronicles 5, 13 says, In unison, when the trumpeters and the singers were making themselves heard with one voice to praise, that's Tehillah, and glorify the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, instruments of music, and when they praised the Lord saying, he, check it out, they're again singing about who he is. He indeed is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. Then the house, this is speaking of the temple, right? The temple is referred to the Lord's house. Then the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. In the, in the Old Testament, cloud was the presence of God. So when they sang that the presence of God then came and filled the house, the, the, that the temple was filled with the presence of God. And then check it out in verse 14. So the priests, now the priests, their job was to minister to the Lord. Like they were supposed to keep things burning, sacrificing things. They had a job. They had a works to do in the temple. But get this, when the cloud or the presence of God came and filled the place so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, because of the presence of God. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. So when they praised, when they, when they tehillah, when they sang to the Lord, the presence of God filled the place and actually stopped the priests from being able to do their work. It, it's, it caused them to stop and not be able to stand. There was a weightiness to the presence. And I think this is actually foreshadowing or a picture that, that self-effort, self-work will stop when Jesus has now died, rose again, sent the Holy Spirit to come. Now that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, self-effort and self-merit will cease because of God's Spirit, because God now is inside of you. And when they sang praises, God's presence came. The praise brought the presence of God. You could say God inhabited the praise of his people. David's dad actually wrote, or Solomon's dad actually wrote that. In Psalms, in Psalms 22, 3, it says this. In Psalms 22, verse 3, it says, Yet you are holy. Oh, you are enthroned upon the praise of Israel. Praise, again, is Tehillah, a singing out. Of, of, your, of Israel, or you could say today, of God's people, of God's people, that you are enthroned upon the praises of your people. Enthroned, not to get all wordy with you and get all geeky, um, but it's uh, Yoshev, which means to, that's what enthroned is, is Yoshev, which means to, or Yoshev, which means to sit, remain, dwell, or to sit upon. And so when God's people, when we as God's people worship God in song, when God's presence is enthroned, it sits upon us. His presence, his weightiness rests upon us. Of course, he never leaves you or forsakes you. God will never leave you or forsake you. But there is something that happens when you praise God. There's a weightiness uh, uh, that his presence then comes upon you when you sing in this very way. When you uh, respond to God in worship as you sing. Have have you ever found, have you ever experienced this when you are worshiping or you're singing in church and, and maybe you start to feel like a bit weighty? Maybe you start to feel like sudden peace in your heart 
Maybe you start to feel like your body is a little tingly. Have you ever felt that? Or maybe even fire, or even you've had like, why am I crying? Like I'm not a crier. I have not drank any water. I'm actually dehydrated. Why am I crying? It's a reaction. What that is, is God's presence is being enthroned. That God's presence is in you, but you are now feeling, you are experiencing the weight. And he's not filling some temple now. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's now resting upon you. So as you are, as you worship, as you sing specifically, he is enthroned in the praises of his people. He rests upon his people. Right? Uh, you're like, okay, Josiah, what about like New Testament? Like you're sort of just kicking around the Old Testament. What's up with this? In Colossians, in Colossians 3, there's multiple instances, but Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and uh, admonishing one another with psalms, with hymns, with spiritual songs, singing with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. Paul encourages the church, we are the church, uh, to then sing in songs, in hymns, sing unto him in thankfulness. So as, as when we come together as the church, like you are, the people are the church, and there's the assembling together of the church, um, when we come together, we are to encourage one another uh, with songs, singing praises, to heal, if you will. You will receive healing as you, as you sing praises. There will be restoration. You feel, and even more, you feel the presence of God as you worship. So you can do it corporately as a body. You can also do it individually. I, I would highly encourage you. Don't wait just until Sunday. Throughout the week, here's a practical. Have you ever just been going through a week like, oh my goodness, this is a day. Like, oh my goodness, Jesus, I'd be okay if you came back like right now. Like, it's a day. In those moments where it's like, oh my goodness, what we can do is we can worship. We can put, maybe you put on praise, or like some, some worship music, but then you yourself, you sing out to the Lord. And I believe what will happen is that God is enthroned in the praises, the tehillah, the singing of his people, and that God will change the atmosphere in the midst of where you are. That he will rest upon where you are with his peace, with his power, where you can just sing unto him. Now maybe you're like, Josiah, like, I'm not really a singer. Like, I, I can't, or, you know what? I don't want to sing. Great! That means it's gonna be a sacrifice for you. And what does Hebrews say? Hebrews 13, 15 says he's looking for a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of singing. So you're like, I don't wanna sing. I don't like singing. Great! God's looking for you to make a sacrifice because here's the thing, it's not about you. This is a response to God. This is worshiping God. Get yourself out of the way and worship him. Why do we do this? Because God likes it. And watch, as you do something maybe you've never done before, maybe you've like been, been like to, to church, but you've never sung. Just watch as you sing out to the Lord. Just watch how God works in new ways in your heart. Just watch how as you do something different, how you step out, just watch how God then suddenly, you're, you see the Lord starting to be enthroned in your life, starting to be changing the atmosphere in your life. Now, let me be clear. There's no condemnation in Christ. Don't beat yourself up. That's silly. That's not from the Lord. 
but I believe there is more for you. So we, to heal, we praise and we sing because he likes it. Have you ever wondered this? Like, why do we raise our hands? Like, are we God, pick me. Like, why are we doing this? Um, another word for praise, another word for praise is yada. Yada, I like it. Which means, uh, quite literally, it means to thrust forth your hands in worship. To thrust forth your hands in praise. First Timothy, yeah, just not to your neighbor. <laughs> And then you'd be like, yada. Um, <laughs> in 1 Timothy 2.18, it says this. 1 Timothy 2.8, uh, rather. It says this. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and uh, dissension. So that there, it's talking about lifting up holy hands. That prayer is a form of worship. When, as we worship, we are to lift up holy hands. Why? It's pleasing to the Lord. Again, we're going to kick it Old Testament here. Go to 2 Chronicles again. And now Solomon has now brought the Ark of the Covenant in. And now they're going to dedicate this temple to the Lord. They're going to surrender, the, if you will, the temple to the Lord. Dedicate it to the Lord. And we see in uh, 2 Chronicles 6, 13, or uh, rather 12, it says this. So Solomon is dedicating the temple to the Lord. This is what they built where the Lord inhabits. And it's this. Then he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assemblies of Israel and spread his hands. Yada. Uh, now Solomon had made a bronze platform five cubits long, five cubits wide, three cubits high, and had set it in the midst of the courts. And he stood on it. He knelt on his knees in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. And then from there, then he went to dedicate this temple to the Lord. As his hands were stretched out, as he was bowed down, he worshiped and he dedicated, he surrendered this place for the Lord. Raising your hands is a physical posture of surrender, of dedication, of worship. Yeah, in practical sense, if, if you're like, put your hands up, like someone's going, you're putting your hands up. It's an act of uh, surrender. But when you surrender to the Lord, it's a physical act, a showing of what's happening spiritually. That Lord, I surrender to you, your Lordship. I'm surrendering to you in my life. And this is a physical act showing what is happening. In Psalms 141, in the, uh, it says this. Psalms 141, uh, verse 2, it says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up, again, yada, of my hands as an evening sacrifice. Isn't that sort of weird verbiage? Have you ever just read over something and just read it and like, Old Testament's weird. Like, what is up with this? An evening sacrifice. Well, in the Old Testament, priests daily had two sacrifices every day. They had a morning sacrifice. They had two lambs. A morning sacrifice, and they had an evening sacrifice. I think the Holy Spirit inspired David and hinting at what would happen now in our new creation realities as, as Christians, as, as followers of Christ, that there would be no more need for animal sacrifices, but instead that we can be a living sacrifice to him. That as we are raising our hands, it's participating in the living sacrifice to him. That God, I'm living, I'm offering, I'm surrendering you my life back to you as we raise our hands. 
And it's interesting where it says, um, prayer counted as incense before you. And I, I think it's interesting. I'm not going to get into it because that's not what we're talking about today. But it's interesting in, uh, for John, he has the revelation recorded in Revelation. But you see, he gets a glimmer in heaven. And that the angels are collecting the prayer, mixing it with fire. And then that is becoming an incense to the Lord. And, and it's interesting that David is saying, let my prayer be an incense, sweet smelling to you. But yada, raising your hands in worship. It's, it's, it's an act of surrender, a posture of, God, I'm surrendering to you. It's an act of dedication as, de as, as Solomon dedicated the temple. It, it too is a, God, I'm dedicating to you. I'm dedicated to you. It's, a, it's an act of worship. So why do we do this? Because it pleases him. Because we love him. Why do we sing praises? Because we love him. And it's pleasing to him. And God inhabits the praises, the singing of his people. Why do we worship with our hands? It's a response to him. So as the worship team comes up, here's what we're going to do. We're going to practically apply what we talked about. I want to encourage you. Maybe you've never sung in church. I want to encourage you that today, maybe just today, close your eyes and worship him in song as you to heal, as you sing to him. And I believe just as, watch how the Lord will start to move in your heart. Watch as the Lord starts to move. Maybe you've never worshipped with your hands. Maybe, maybe today might be the day to try something new. Of just, even like down here, God will take it. <laughs> but try something of applying and see how God moves. See how God moves. So why don't we stand why don't we stand and ask the band? So we're going to sing that song again. But why not let's just close our eyes right now. Not worrying about the neighbor to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back. But why not right now, if you're comfortable, maybe you're not comfortable, maybe it's a good time to try. Just raise your hands. God, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. God, we praise you. Father, we praise you. Father, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. Father, I thank you that you inhabit you rest upon the praise of your people. Lord, we surrender to you. We lift up our hands to you as we worship, as we worship, as we worship, Father, as we worship. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Jesus.
beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. And nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater.
What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus What a beautiful name it is The name of Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.